This is the Evolution Exchange podcast, a channel that connects some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Andy. I help connect businesses with the best UX and UI freelance talent. And today I'm your host. Okay, and welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. So another great topic to talk about today and some great guests to discuss some important questions as well. So we're going to start straight off into it with some introductions. So Sophie, please can uh, you give us your introduction? Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Sophie Wikström and I work as an art director at The Station, which is a Thunderfall studio. Fantastic, thank you very much. Anton, let's come to you. Yep, um, my name is Anton Wiklund. I'm honored to be here with two great art directors. And I'm uh, art directing and doing UI design at Adventure Box in Stockholm. Fantastic, thank you. And Eric? Yeah, hey, <laughs> fun to be here, Anton, with you as well. And, and also you, Sophie. Uh, yeah, so my name is Eric Nielsen. I'm the art director at the Shark Mob, currently working on the game Blood Hunts. Okay, brilliant. And uh, thank you for all them introductions. So the topic title that we're going to be discussing today is creating an art style. So let's get into it. Uh, we've established a bit of a context for everyone. So we'll go into our questions. And our first question is going to come from Sophie. So Sophie's first question is, how important is originality when you're developing an art style? Like how important? It's, it is, of course, it's important. Um... It's um, like arts, it goes into so many fields, right? And so, things, so many things you have to take into consideration creating an art style. Um, everything from can you meet the budget, it's going to fit the, the platform and, and so forth. So uh, I think being unique is a part of that, that whole spectrum, having an art style that, um, um, suits your games your game company's vision okay go on eric yeah i think i think for me um i usually don't worry too much about originality because the way i see it is that nothing is really original like everything is a remix and a mashup and the way i see it is that you like when you create an art style you you sort of uh you know it's like like this um this thing that you sort of shift you know you you kind of work on it a bit and then you you see where it sort of doesn't quite fit yet and then you you apply some some work to that side and you know then it's starting to fall to that side and you shift it over to this side and and when it comes to originality uh for me like i usually like to start with uh what do, what do people want to have what's expected because you need to have both you need to have a little bit of originality, I think, but you need to have a lot of kind of uh, comfortable, like everyday stuff that people have seen. Um, if you do a pirate movie, you uh, you want it to feel like a pirate movie, but then you got to add your own little sprinkles on top to make it to make it stand out. Um, so that's the that's the way I look at originality, and 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 the most important thing with originality is that it it makes your thing pop out from the rest. Like that, if you look in the store, the the reason why people notice your game is that sprinkle, like that you have. Like, nice, nice. Sophie, what what are your thoughts then? Just hearing, um, you know, we'll go a little bit deeper into this question. What are your thoughts? Just hearing that initial, um, you know, points from Anton and Eric. 
Yeah, I think I don't have as much experience in art directing as Anton and Eric does. So that's why it was important for me to ask this question. Uh, because I think I was bothered by that a lot when I worked my way up to becoming an art director. Like, how original does it need to be? And uh, I sort of settled where uh, Eric is in the, you know, what's the purpose of the game? And make sure it fits that. But also just, you know, rule of cool <laughs> is a good baseline. Um, uh, and especially, like, not putting that pressure on yourself. Uh, of having to always think that this has to be original because I mm. think that's very dangerous when it comes to creative work. Yeah, I like to see it as if if it was original, completely original, no one would like it because no one would actually know what it was. No one would recognize it and it would be it would be really hard to get people to to enjoy it or to sell it. Yeah, I, I think it goes very much into the game you're working on the game company in, in some some sometimes you know it blends with also the, the brand um, working on the casual mobile games you might have a game design that is very similar to other game designs so the only way you can difference yourself mm. is to have a unique art style so that's so um, and in our case so maybe you are user generated uh, game platform that, that means that you have thousands hundred thousand people that are going to come create things so yeah. have to be a style that suits for you know everyone's so that um, somehow as an art director you have to kind of form yourself depending on the requirements of, of the company and, and the vision yeah actually that's a question i had kind of for you as well anton uh, yeah. and also also for you sophie but um that, that was sort of tied into this because my my second question was sort of very similar to to your question there sophie mm -hmm. with originality and like how do you guys approach the uh like standing out from the crowd essentially like with originality like what 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 do you what do you try to aim for to make sure that it stands out enough from the from the big batch of other things that are in especially in like a mobile field that, mm. like you say Yeah, you can go ahead, Sophie. You can. I, I guess I'm trying to think. This is super difficult. Um, I think. I think what I would probably go for is keep it simple, because um, I think the uh, the wish to to stand out can often end up in a space where you try too hard. Um, so I think a lot of the times just pulling it back and being true to what you're trying to do and keeping it simple is the easiest. Uh, that said, I haven't done a lot of work in um, mobile games, uh, but the little thing I have done <laughs> made me realize that it's super difficult, especially <laughs> to stand out because there is like a formula and you're supposed to hold it. Otherwise you won't get any downloads. Um, mm. So that's a bit frustrating. Yeah, it is. You have to stand out, and and I think also why why are like Scandinavian games popular? Yeah, because they look different, right? We dare to have a different style. We dare to go a different direction. So, but I, as an as an art director, you have to also like, like if I change a few things, that I will like have a huge impact on the entire product. Can we keep that up for the entire product? And and sometimes there's just not enough budget, or you don't have enough team to to you know go fully that direction so you have to kind of adapt yourself mm. um, yeah, 
you have one of those uh, have you had one of those challenges Anton like with the mobile field where where you were like uh, oh this was a we had this game and you know it was about uh, I don't know throwing pies or something and the the you know it was really difficult because there was a lot of other Python games and the way we we did it was that <laughs> all our pies are actually made of bubble gum and they're purple and that's how we solved it or do you have anything like that where you're you have a concrete example of how you solved it? Uh, yeah there, there's there's plenty of those cases I would say but and that's why it's so important to work close with maybe the game designer and get like this overview of the product okay we can keep this up through the entire product uh, and and uh, um, discover that early in your process so you don't fall into this trap that you work on something for a couple of months and then you realize oh my god you know we can, yeah, we can make two characters this way but not a thousand of them so yeah. yeah that's also the limitations of a small studio or rather I mean, you get limitations. You also get benefits, but that that is the definitely like a hard thing. Mm. Eric, what about yourself in terms of um, processes that you mentioned, like your process and the the way to you know be original or, or to stand out with originality? Uh, I think for me, I uh, I definitely uh, like to look at um, again, you know, first first of all, like. When I work on my own projects, for example, you know, like you, you, you base it off, off of the game game design, kind of like Anton was talking about, um, and then you you base it in uh, okay, so logically, what makes sense? Uh, it's a it's a game about uh, being a you know pirate, for example, and uh, so all right, and then you start to look at okay, how can we twist this to be a little more original? And then you start to look at the competitors, and um, the way I usually do it is I. When I think I have something that's interesting and cool, I like to test my strategies by uh, doing almost like a um, fake store page on a Steam. Steam. So you you take like a print screen of Steam, uh, maybe with the same kind of games that you have, or like a mobile store, I guess. And then you basically just try and make a thumbnail of your game, and you try and see, okay, how does it stand against the others? How does it stand out? Like that could be one technique, for example. That's a very specific technique, but. Yeah, I think I think it's a lot of sort of. Uh, don't start with that. Start with what you feel is interesting, because otherwise you're going to be too affected by other people, and then start to like like come up with an idea and then test it against things constantly yeah. until you get like a good uh, a good thing. Going. Nice, Sophie. Since it was your your question then, um, and you mentioned about you know your sort of progression up to an art director has your sort of process changed in that you know relating to originality then and you know what do you do now to sort of overcome that uh yeah i mean i used to work under the assumption that i think a lot of artists do when you're new in the business that the art director knows all uh but you know they don't um i try to i set up a framework uh for what I want and where I want to go. And there's a lot of like brainstorming in the beginning, but like my artists are the most talented persons I know and I want to use that. So um, really their originality becomes the game's originality. So if I can funnel that into the development of the art style, uh, that makes me super happy. So I try to do that as much as, as possible. But that was a super cool technique that you mentioned, uh, Eric. And I think I heard something similar regarding like making the the box art really early, just to get a feeling for what kind of game are we developing. Um, but yeah, just letting 
letting the art style develop and evolve as the project demands it to. Um, yeah, I think like finding, uh, you know, references and comparing your idea towards that, but don't do it too early. Like come actually come up with an with your first idea of an art style before you start doing too much comparisons. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, you're just going to copy paste basically. Yeah. Nice. Nice. No, it is a brilliant first question. Thank you very much, Sophie, yeah. and uh, some great points on that. Um, we can we can go straight into our second one then. So, uh, Anton. Sorry, for the bad, sorry for the bad answers. <laughs> no, no, no. no everyone has good. interesting points. Yeah. Uh, should yeah. I shoot my question? Okay. Yeah, um, let's go, Anton. I have this. Um, been thinking about AI for for some time, and it's been advancing quite a lot in. Um, well, it's been used in game for for a long time, but it's been it's been advancing a lot in the last couple of years when it comes to graphics. So, um, um, how do you see? Um, are you uh, using AI in your artwork in your art direction process? And and if so, in what way? Or if not, do you plan to use it in the future? Do you can um, how do you feel about the whole? Uh, about the AI tools when it comes to to graphics and artwork. Mm, okay, uh, Sophie, what, go on. We'll start with you then. Yeah. Well, my initial response when it came to AI graphics, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna run out of a job." Uh, but <laughs> looking at it, we do not use it for the production I'm working on right now. Um, but I think for future projects, I do see a usage of it, especially in like early stages when you're trying to just get up like really quick visual tests uh, for things. Uh, they're coming out with a few quite powerful, um, like for uh, environmental images and stuff like that, where they sample images from, from uh, Google. Um, so that could be super interesting, I think. Uh, but we're currently not doing it. Um, because we're working mostly on stylized games right now. So I'm thinking, how would that work? So I'm super interested in hearing if any one of you does it. Uh, we don't uh, right now. We, we try a lot of different techniques. Uh, we work a lot with photogrammetry and scanning and um, motion capture and stuff, which is obviously, again, like, you know, shortcuts uh, that have been developed so that you can uh, make bigger games on fewer people, um, making efficient, kind of smarter solutions, hopefully, for making big games. But we're not working that much with AI right now. Uh, if I'm thinking of AI like Art Breeder and similar, where you, you can generate essentially uh, stuff, I'm, I'm less interested in using it because... Uh, it's it's a huge field, right? I mean, for example, yeah. what's this? Pinterest, the website, that's an AI yeah. driven. I think all oh, of everyone you collect, uh, you know, images there and, and uh, mood yeah. boards. So that's a good point. I guess sometimes yeah. you're using it without even knowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of, kind of come to it as well that, that the, the kind of automated processes we don't use, but uh, like I think for collecting references, like you say, like with Pinterest and stuff, then it, I think it's really useful. I actually had a conversation with a friend at a party just last week where we talked about this. Uh, when he's getting really into art creator, for example, and he was asking me if uh, is this something that uh, well we could use this for concept art instead, and I'm like, yeah, but the problem with it I think is that you don't really have any control. Like 
it's going to just pick stuff randomly and you're just going to end up with a pool of the same stuff that's everyone is making while if you if you control if you have more control over the um you could use it to generate stuff and then cut stuff out and create your own collages for example or you use pinterest for example to create uh, to get a bunch of references and then put together your own collages because you still need to make an active decision to get differentiation otherwise i think you're just going to end up with basically regurgitating the exact same stuff that everyone else is using but it's useful it's just a matter of how you how you choose to use it i think one selfie uh, would would Houdini count in this sense? Uh, because I think so. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you do input a lot of like rules into it, and it spits out AI generated art. We tried it out, but I mean, the threshold to get into Houdini <laughs> is very very tall. <laughs> we use it uh, actually. Uh, that's true. We use Houdini here to generate stuff. Uh, it's very useful. I saw another really interesting thing, which is AI-generated voice, uh, that it's becoming so good now that you could potentially use it to replace vo voice actors, uh, at least for smaller productions, I think. Um, so that might be a thing for the future. Any thoughts on that, Anton, yeah. then? Because you were saying about what, what, you know, what is the future of... Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's such a huge field. It's almost strange that you don't hear much about it. Like, there's no big topics about it. And I think it will totally change the industry. Uh, yeah. I'm actually an AI. I'm not real at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all my work is done by an AI, you know. <laughs> but um, I will compare it with, like, user-generated content. So you have Minecraft that suddenly you don't have... 10 level designers, you have hundreds of thousands of people creating things in the game. And with AI, that just spins off, right? Mm. Creating levels by itself, creating characters, content, stories. Um, it is huge and it's going to be a race, I would say, that the first game companies that managed to, to implement it and use it somehow mm. will, will, will take the lead. Yeah. Oh. Fantastic. No, it's a, it's a good topic. Um, we are going quite quickly through these, so I'm going to ask you, uh, <laughs> do you want to draw, ask one of your other points, Anton? Uh, and yeah, just sure. quickly, you know, one or two minutes, just discuss any anything else that, you, that you're interested in uh, asking the other guests while they're here. Mm. I mean, it's always interesting to hear where you get your inspiration for your styles, and if you see any, like, upcoming trends. Good for, question. For, art direction and art production um, I mean we definitely see trends I think like if you look at the you, you look at the actually when we created like um, uh, our game uh, or when we started looking at it we started looking at vampires and and there's you know there's these um these big kind of trends that keep coming back like uh, Pirates, ninjas, vampires—you know, like post-apocalyptic, like Mad Max. You know, <laughs> and and there is these um these these clear uh, trends, zombies, and, and everything that that just keeps kind of spinning around that that are really popular and really rooted in I would say Western culture because obviously there will be there's other trends in other cultures as well um, that don't tr always translate as well uh, and ours don't always translate as well either, but um. I think when we started doing uh, our game, we, we were looking a lot at, it, at this and, uh, you know, how can we, you know, refresh um, the vampire trend for, for our game? How can we make it look different and interesting? Um, 
So, I mean, you definitely have those trends, for example. I so suppose trend. that what you were saying there about where it goes like full circle back round, yeah. you know, like a trend of vampires or then, you know, the next one and it comes back round to vampires again, relates to Sophie's first point about originality. You've got to sort of freshen that up again when it comes back round. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's something they know, and then you got to add your own twist to it. Um, mm. and, and but it still needs to be recognizable. You still can't just oh, it's vampires, but they have horns and spit fireballs, and they're <laughs> you know like then it would be too far. So you need to. Um, but but yeah, trends are uh, trends are interesting. I think right now we're in a. What is the current games that are out now? It's like uh, kind of environmental. Uh, you know, rebirth kind of games like um, with um, Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, and uh, there was Zelda. Mm -hmm. and there's like a lot of sort of post-apocalyptic, but you know, it's like beautiful, which kind of says a lot about our current situation with climate change, probably. Like the, yeah, all these um, crazy fan um, LSD games, a lot of mm. strange stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I guess also like a few years ago, there was a lot of those uh, really. I think in, in the wake of like Drive and similar movies, there was a lot of the uh, like super weird pixel art games that was very 80s retro futuristic uh, cyberpunky. Yeah. What about yourself, Sophie? In terms of like looking for inspiration for for a new art style, or you know, what trends do you think you can see coming up in the near future? I think I'm really bad with trends, uh, really. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I think trends can be quite boring. I'd rather just look at like the product that we're doing uh, and see what fits best for it rather than to like shape it after what's trendy. But what I try to look at more is like the player, the end user and the fans. Um, if it's something new, it's of course harder, uh, but then you can always look at the genre. Like what do people uh, search for and what gives a game replayability, but also longevity with the fans? Um, and it's it's a little bit of a dark hole to dig into, like the, the Twitter side of things. But it's also really interesting to see what players actually look at. Um, and I think that is especially uh, obvious if you look at the games that Thunderful has released the latest year that they try to break the mold and work with a more of a classical kind of game type uh, rather than what we see um, most companies do mm. um, and like leaning back towards what we used to grow up with uh, so maybe the nostalgia so, trend, really. Yeah, yeah, it could be the nostalgia trend. Oh my, <laughs> we are trendy. <laughs> something, something I spotted, or I'm not sure if I spotted it right, but maybe you can confirm it. It's like it seems like industries is about to merge. I mean, you see a lot of game stuff inside music videos, and and then a lot of music is started coming into games, and also like the whole social media web stuff. Is yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the yeah. Yeah, it's like the metaverse, right? Like the it's, it's it's coming now with the whole like um, with VR being an actual thing, like you know becoming more like a real thing, and uh, new types of internets and uh, games having more of like a free-to-play mass market thing where you can have concerts and games and stuff. Mm. Uh, everything is merging into. Uh, I don't know if you read uh, Ready Player One. 
but uh, you yeah, know, I've, 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 I've not read it. I've, I've, I didn't know it was a, a book. It, it, I've seen the film, and the uh, film is the film is no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't read it. I'll admit it. <laughs> the film's good. I like the film. <laughs> the film is like the film is like a like a Disney movie, and then the yeah, the book yeah. is like a really dark uh, Matrix. Uh, people get <laughs> right. thrown out of windows and murdered while they're in VR and stuff. That's... Oh, right. Okay. So yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's 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 cool with the whole um, idea of that that every single game and like the internet is VR basically. Everything's in VR. Yeah. No, that is a, that is a really interesting trend that I think is going to be one. Well, it's happening sort of now, isn't it? But one to definitely watch in the near future. Um, I know I don't know if you know the brand in the UK, Gymshark, the yep. like clove range, uh, like Gym Clove range. They seen their CEO post um, on LinkedIn the other day. Actually, they do all of their meetings now in the metaverse, like mm. online. So it, it like it is happening, uh, and it is like it is a trend that's definitely going to be getting more and more scale to it. Anyway, no, but. Especially, especially when these people coming into the game industry, they change a lot, right? Once you start yeah. hiring people that actually come from the music industry or they've been doing that kind, they will form the games. So far, I would say most people working with games are gamers or artists. But I think, uh, yeah, artists or they have, they have a great passion for games. But I think this will really start changing once you have these key persons coming in with a different kind of look at games that we want to be. We want to have, like you say, concerts in here. We want to have the music and other create other creative fields. Yeah, absolutely. No, another great question. Oh, it's good we managed to squeeze two questions into into there, Anton. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that. We'll uh, we'll come on to our last one then um, from Eric. So Eric, please can we have your question? Okay, so I mean, my question. We've sort of touched a little bit on it before, but I would really like to ask you two uh, a more because we've we've talked about kind of like theoretical questions like you know what if this or what if that but I'm I want to ask you guys about your actual process workflow process here uh, so when you um, when you have the task when when you when you make a new game or a new project and you're gonna come up with a art style for it how do you approach that like what where do you start where do you um, what's the different steps you usually take? What's the what's the process like for for you guys? I think that's great really question. Yeah, great question. Getting into the the very nitty gritty parts of it. Um, so, Anton, go on. What's what's your sort of process then? All right. Well, I'm gonna have a give a boring answer, I guess. <laughs> um, I think trying to understand the project, like what are we dealing with here? Like how many graphic artists will have on my team, what kind of resources do we have? And, and then, then form slightly the, the, the art direction and after that. Um, so it's, it's a quite a long phase of doing a research, I really understand the, the core of the game, what's a game design, what's a target group, and then form, form yeah, the game around those things. What if what if that information is unclear, or parts of it? Exactly. Sometimes you have to pause a push track from the art style, well, and then change the game design and things around the art style. You have to take the lead, saying that okay, I have this idea about this game going into this direction. But I, I still think that the, the more you can kind of 
clear out the game design and the project and like should this art be used for merchandising then should this also be a brand for something or it will help you out to kind of determine the, the, the art style yeah that makes a lot of sense that's like um especially if you're like an indie studio which is like i think one of the most fun uh like things for creative processes is having creative limitations because you know limitations breeds creativity and all that but it's true like uh if you're an indie studio and you have two three artists you know mm. then you can't make a triple a game you have to you have to sort of okay that's not what we're doing we're gonna make this instead and and then then that will lead you into like interesting and maybe even more interesting uh, uh directions than if you could do whatever you wanted to mm, yeah and communicate i mean yeah. check with your team can we can we possible do some animations for these kind of characters whatever is so you see kind of um, possibilities and limitations you have Sophie, what about yourself and your sort of um, process then as to how you go about it? Mm. Um, I try to work as iteratively as possible. So uh, try things out fast and fail fast. Uh, mm. um, so my usual process is that I set up boards. Uh, I'm a very visual person, so I need everything like up uh, mm. on a board and we run digital now because of COVID, of course. Uh, so we use a few tools for that uh, where everyone can participate in like a digital whiteboard. And we just start building basically an art style brainstorm board uh, that we then like pick and choose and cut and paste from. Um, of course, this also takes into consideration what Anton talked about, because you have the limitations, you have the amount of people, you have the console in question that you always need to to uh, have in consideration. But but for me, it's all about like finding uh, a mood or set some kind of of tone for the game. Like what what kind of humor do we want? Um, uh, what kind of characters do we want? How much depth do we want in them? Um, the environments, is it limited or large? Uh, what kind of color space? Like all of those things, but in a very, very loose environment. And as I said before, I just like to let my artists play a bit with the content that they have. And one thing I usually do is just, if they have a cool idea, I'm like, convince me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I think you're really onto something that like you describe the world somehow, you're trying to... Mm. Um, yeah. For for those um, you know maybe more junior artists or people listening who aren't perhaps clued up with the the processes um, directly in terms of art direction creating an art style, then at what point do you say, yeah, that's that's the style we're going with, um, and like what influences that decision? Is it you know I a mean, subjective thing just based on? the art director yes i like this one or is it you know a decision made by the team or you tell me how, how, how do you come to that point where you decided like that's what we're going to go for uh I, I would love to hear you guys answer to this but i think for me it's it it never really like you never really say it's done right you you always go mm -hmm. like this is the direction i believe the most in this feels right let's go mm. this way we've tried a bunch oh. of iterations we tested oh. a bunch of stuff and you just you just pick whatever is the current like direction uh 
but then you keep iterating on it. Yeah. So you're always but, sort of adapting a little bit more and just yeah, pushing it, yeah. pushing it. It's just it's just smaller and smaller changes, smaller and smaller mm -hmm. iterations, essentially. I mean, that's that's how I do it. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Mm, yeah, I like done? To, no, I like to, I like to see the way that this is something we can build upon. Like this, yeah. we can this we can actually create other layers upon we can let users create content on top of this kind of art style so it's a mm -hmm. base that can be modified and added to and upgraded or um, mm. especially with ui like that's how i see it like this is a good foundation and then it can it, it can be and yeah built more advanced and, and uh, so your approach is always if you've got room to go further with it as opposed to just having something and say that's it that's a good way of saying it yeah um, yeah Okay, Sophie, what about yourself? Because when you said there, you know, if an artist come to you with a good idea and you say, convince me, what would they say that would convince you then? Usually, when I say convince me, it's about proving it. Uh, so it's usually in a visual form uh, because uh, an idea is always nice. And sometimes it goes, whoa, that's cool. What's wrong with that? But usually it's like convince me and then they have to show it visually. And usually when you give an artist a chance to prove that part as long as they have time uh, to do it even if i go i don't believe in it they will feel gratified because they got a chance to sell it in they got their chance to do it rather mm. than me just going no from the start of course sometimes you have to do that because of time limitations or it just doesn't fit the project but um i think generally I don't get into like the nitty and gritty details of the project. I try to step out and look on the whole thing um, mm -hmm. and just keep like the, the sidelines. Here, here's, mm. here's where the sidelines are. Keep within those, but they have a lot of freedom in there. Um, yeah, I think prove it is just a really great way of saying it because that's then you have to test the character like on the, in different environments. Does it work yep. to customize this one? Can the house look in mobile, for example, if you cross platform, can we? You know, try three D print it. Does it work? Um, so, um, yeah. yeah. Eric, coming back to you, obviously, um, just lastly, um, it was your question about you know the processes of taking on a new style and things. We heard from Sophie and Anton. What are your processes? Uh, I like to always try and think of three pillars that will carry the whole project. So I like to find you know like three hooks that would make this. Uh, art style or world interesting for a player to explore and they should they should feel um, they don't always all of them doesn't need to be unique but they're almost like three separate mini projects they should be recognizable but have a unique twist and together they form a very unique concept um, that's usually how I start and then what I do is I create a uh, create mood boards I create uh, this, these pillars, I write a few lines about each one of them. I create a mood board for each one of the pillars. And the very important thing I think for me is that there's a difference between mood boards and reference boards. And this might be interesting for a junior person, but when you collect references, you can collect, collect uh, references or you can collect mood images. And if you collect, if you have like a reference board, it's because you already know what you want to do and you're, you try and figure out like, oh, I know I want to create a 
I want to paint a ship from the 1920s, then I need images of a ship from the 1920s. But if you're trying to come up with something completely new, you don't want that because that's too specific. That will take over your whole art style and you'll just copy paste. So what I try to do is I try to think of more like mood boards. Like I know I want some kind of flying ships. All right, then uh, I'll try and take a few images of like parts of ships, but not the whole ship and like combine it with parts of other things. And then I try and limit myself to like 10 images or something. So it's it's like more like creating a compositional board that that together kind of sells the idea, but none of the images are specific enough that they take over. And that's how I like to start with. And when I have those three pillars and I feel like those three pillars and mood boards support the idea, then you can start to look at going to to sort of more like a experimentation process. Just go straight in the engine, try things out. Um, and obviously, like at this point, you, you should always, I think, work like Anton was saying. You should try and figure out what what size you know like like does it fit with the gameplay does it fit with the uh the size of the team can we actually do this what's the smart way to do this what's the art style mm -hmm. and like uh like sophie was saying you know like you try it out in the engine and you figure out you know is what's the method what's the pipeline what's the structure you know so that's we, that's how i approach it can we scale it up as they yeah. say in this yeah. industry nowadays can, <laughs> can you create this with two people uh, can you play it with five people? That's the, that's the thing. No, fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, last last great question of the day that as well. Got some got through some really good questions today. Um, but that is the last one. So oh, uh, very, very small. Yeah, go on. Question. When mm -hmm. you were trained here at Upside Studios. Yeah. I recall you did a little funny and cool like drawings. You weren't that old back then, but I don't know. 15, no, it was like... Oh, what was I ten or something? No, I was thirteen, maybe. 15. What what happened? When are we gonna make that game? Oh yeah, yeah, we're making a car game. Like right, that was true. Yeah, yeah at, at some point, at some point for sure. Yeah. I have a I have an idea for a car game actually. That's a, a futuristic sci-fi uh, quake meets uh, uh, what's it called wipeout. We should do that. Oh, oh yeah, that sounds so good. <laughs> let's do it. Let's, let's team up. Yeah. I also want to make a car game. Actually, <laughs> we can make a we can make a quick uh, meets wipeout game together. All three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this was this was like a a advertising game for IKEA, if I recall right, like a car game. Oh yeah. Or for, yeah, yeah. for like, a bank, and Eric helped me up with some concepts, and they were like, "Oh God, like machine guns everywhere and crazy <laughs> monsters." <laughs> that was uh, that was a long time ago. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> still a good idea. Still a very good. Um... Ant Anton gave me the first three D program ever. <laughs> Put me oh, on the path. Yeah. Nice. Right. Nice. Oh, lovely stuff. Well, it's good to good to connect to you both again, um, yeah. and I look forward to seeing this game that the three of you are going to develop as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you very much. So uh, I'll take this time to thank Sophie, Anton, and Eric for for participating on the podcast. Some great topics, some great discussion there today as well. Um, if you do want to be on the podcast on a future episode, please feel free to reach out to me um, on LinkedIn. But until then, we'll see you next time. So thank you very much. <laughs>